Well, hello, welcome back, and thank you for showing up for the Network Marketing Mastery Podcast. Today in episode 157, I'm going to read a little segment of a book, and I'm gonna talk to you guys about emotional turmoil, how to really manage your emotions. And you know, this is an important topic to me because when I see people, and, and I myself have lived, I've experienced what it feels like to live in a highly stressful state to feel depressed or to feel stuck, to feel shame, to feel negative emotions on a consistent basis is exhausting. And and it's actually really, really bad for your health. It's bad for your business. It's bad for your relationships. And so I'm reading this book with my wife. My wife is actually the one primarily reading it and she's sharing little pieces of it with me. It's called Radical Acceptance and there are several different uh, books called Radical Acceptance. So it's titled Radical Acceptance, Embracing Your Life with the Heart of a Buddha. Fascinating. (laughs) Um, So most of you know that my wife has lived in China. She's lived in Taiwan. We lived in Hong Kong together when we first got married. And so we've had a lot of kind of Eastern influence in our life. So this book is really, really interesting. And what I want to do today is I want to read for you a segment of the book that's about Buddha, okay, and how I think it's pronounced Siddhartha Gautama, okay, who's the Buddha to be, the person who who became the Buddha, uh, how he became the Buddha. So I'm going to read this for you guys. This is kind of a unique episode. And I want you to think, you know, if you do struggle emotionally on any level, I think that you'll get a lot of value from this story. And at the end, I'm going to share with you a few nuggets and a few ways to really break out of negative emotion. Okay, so here we go. I'm just going to dig right in. Siddhartha, and this is, if you have this book and you'd like to follow along, or if you decide to get the book, this is page 67 through 69, or 60, sorry, page, this is page 57 through 61, okay? So Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha-to-be, was the son of a wealthy king who ruled over a beautiful kingdom in the foothills of the Himalayas. At his birth, the king's advisors predicted that either he would forego the world and become a holy man, or he would be a great king and ruler. Siddhartha's father was determined to have his son follow in his own footsteps. Knowing that seeing the pain of the world would turn the prince toward spiritual pursuits, he surrounded him with physical beauty, wealth, and continuous entertainment. Only kind and beautiful people were allowed to care for him. Of course, the king's project to protect his son from the suffering of life failed. As the traditional story tells it, when Siddhartha was 29, he insisted on taking several excursions outside the palace walls with his charioteer, Chana. Realizing his son's intent, the king ordered his subjects to prepare for the prince by cleaning and beautifying the streets and hiding the sick and poor. But the gods, seeing this as the opportunity to awaken Siddhartha, had other plans. They appeared to him in the disguise of a sick person, an old person, and a corpse. When Siddhartha realized that such suffering was an intrinsic part of being alive, his comfortable view of life was shattered. Determined to discover how human beings could find happiness and freedom in the face of such suffering, he left the luxurious palaces, his parents, his wife, and his son, setting forth in the dark of the night. Siddhartha began his search for the truths that would liberate his heart and spirit. Most of us spend years trying to cloister ourselves inside the palace walls. We chase after the pleasure and security we hope will give us lasting happiness. 
Yet no matter how happy we may be, life inevitably delivers up a crisis. Divorce, death of a loved one, a critical illness, seeking to avoid the pain and control our experience, we pull away from the intensity of our feelings, often ignoring or denying our genuine physical and emotional needs. Because Siddhartha had been so entranced by pleasure, the path of denial at first looked like the way to freedom. He joined a group of ascetics, I think it's pronounced, and began practicing severe austerities, depriving himself of food and sleep and following rigorous yogic disciplines. After several years, Siddhartha found himself emaciated and sick, but no closer to the spiritual liberation he yearned for. He left the group and made his way to the banks of a nearby river. Lying there, nearly dead, Siddhartha cried out, Surely there must be another way to enlightenment. As he closed his eyes, a dreamlike memory arose. It was the annual celebration of the spring plowing, and his nurses had left him resting under a rose apple tree at the edge of the fields. Sitting in the cool shade of the tree, the child watched the men at work, sweat, pouring down their faces. He saw the oxen straining to pull the plow. In the cut grasses and the freshly overturned soil, he could see insects dying, their eggs shattered. Sorrow arose in Siddhartha for the suffering that all living beings experience. In the tenderness of this compassion, Siddhartha felt deeply opened. Looking up, he was struck by how brilliantly blue the sky was. Birds were dipping and soaring freely and gracefully. The air was thick with the sweet fragrance of apple blossoms. In the flow and sacred mystery of life, there was room for the immensity of joy and sorrow. He felt completely at peace. Remembering this experience gave Siddhartha a profoundly different understanding of the path to liberation. If a young, untrained child could taste freedom in this effortless and spontaneous way, then such a state must be a natural part of being human. Perhaps he could awaken by stopping the struggle and, as he had done as a child, meeting all of life with a tender and open presence. What conditions had made this childhood experience of profound presence possible? If we look at your own life, we see that such moments of presence often occur in times of stillness or solitude. We have stepped outside the normal rush and into the openness and clarity of a, quote, time out of time. Had Siddhartha been around the distracting chatter of the nurses or playing games with the other children, he would not have been so attentive and open to his deeper experience. In the moments of pausing and resting under the rose apple tree, he was neither pursuing pleasure nor was he pushing away the suffering of the world. By pausing, he had relaxed into a natural wakefulness and inner freedom. Sounds like meditation, right? Inspired by his childhood experience, Siddhartha began his final search for lasting freedom. After bathing himself in the river, he accepted the sweet rice offered to him by a village maiden and then slept asleep with wondrous dreams. When he woke refreshed and strengthened, he once again sought solitude under a pipal tree known now as the Bodhi tree and resolved to remain in stillness there until he experienced full liberation. The image of the Buddha seated under the Bodhi tree is one of the great mystic symbols depicted depicting the power of the pause. Siddhartha was no longer clinging to pleasure or running away from any part of his experience. He was making himself absolutely available to the changing stream of life. 
This attitude of neither grasping nor pushing away any experience has come to be known as the middle way, and it characterizes the engaged presence we awaken in pausing. In the pause, we, like Siddhartha, become available to whatever life brings us, including the unfaced, unfelt parts of our psyche. When the Buddha-to-be resolved to pause under the Bodhi tree, he came fully face-to-face with the shadow side of human nature, represented as the god Mara. In Sanskrit, Mara means delusion. The dreamlike ignorance that entangles us in craving and fear and obscures our enlightened nature. Traditional stories speak of Mara as appearing in many forms, violent storms, tempting beautiful women, raging demons, massive armies. When the temptress appeared, Siddhartha could most certainly recognize the enormous lure of seduction. Yet he sat unmoving, neither grasping after nor pushing away the longing arising in his body and mind. When Mara transformed into a gigantic clawed and fanged demon that swooped through the air to attack him, Siddhartha bravely and mindfully opened to the fear he felt, without fleeing or trying to fight back. By paying attention instead of reacting, he saw beyond the delusion of separate self that imprisons us in suffering. Throughout the night, Siddhartha was assaulted by the armies of Mara and showered with arrows of greed and hatred. As he met each with an open and tender heart, it was transformed into a flower blossom that drifted gently to his feet. With the passing hours, the mound of fragrance petals grew, and Siddhartha became increasingly peaceful and clear. As dawn approached, Mara issued his greatest challenge, demanding that Siddhartha defend his right to occupy the seat of freedom. In response, the Buddha-to-be touched the ground, calling on the earth to bear witness to his thousands of lifetimes of compassion. The earth shook in violent affirmation and darkness, and thunder filled the skies. Terrified, Mara fled, and along with him, the final traces of delusion vanished. In this way, as the morning star appeared, like a sparkling diamond on the horizon, Siddhartha won freedom. He realized his pure nature, loving, radiant awareness, and became the Buddha, the Awakened One. The practice of radical acceptance begins with our own pause under the Bodhi tree. Just as the Buddha willingly opened himself to an encounter with Mara, we too can pause and make ourselves available to whatever life is offering us in each moment. In this way, as the Vietnamese Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Ham <laughs> puts it, we, quote, keep our appointment with life. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this little segment of this book. If you enjoyed it, I'm not going to do any commentary. I'm just going to let you think about what it is that I read. If you enjoyed this story and this concept of the pause and of radical acceptance, I invite you to check out the book Radical Acceptance. I hope you guys have an amazing day today. If you find yourself continuously or consistently feeling in a negative state, I invite you to pick up this book and it will drastically, drastically help in your pursuit for peace. So that's Radical Acceptance. I'll put a link on the show notes to this episode at mattmindset.com slash 157. Have a beautiful day, my friends. Talk to you soon. Bye.